Well, hi, everyone. Thanks again for joining us for this final service of 2020. It's great to see you. If you've got a Bible, I'm going to ask you to join with me in turning to uh, Psalm 13, the 13th Psalm in the Old Testament. As you are turning there, let me let me just give you a couple of quick updates as we're closing the new year and preparing to enter 2021. First of all, uh, as you know, this has been a year of challenges in all sorts of ways. And frankly, for us, this has included some challenges as a church, particularly over the last few months. Our, our giving hasn't been at the same level as it's been in previous years, and that's creating certain challenges. So uh, as we wrap up the year, I, I just want to invite you to do something that Rose and I are doing. We're going to sit down and, and just kind of prayerfully consider how we, we can make an end-of-year contribution to our church so that we can uh, continue to move forward into the new year in a healthy way. So I, I want to invite you just to to join us in doing that, to be a part, even though we've really been scattered and and diffused over the last few months, that, that as a church family, we can come together as we close the end of the year and continue in, in supporting the ministries that we're involved in both locally and internationally. So I just want to challenge you, ask you, encourage you, uh, if you're able to do that, to join Rose and me in making an end-of-year contribution to the church. Also, as we end the year, uh, we're we're going to be starting a new series at the beginning of 2021. Next week, we're going to come to part two of our Love This Book series. We started this at the beginning of 2020. We did a series that looked at the first half of the Old Testament. Now we're going to continue that series as we enter 2021 with Love This Book Part Two. We'll pick up the storyline of the Old Testament and work our way uh, as we move to Easter toward the rest of the Old Testament. Uh, with that in mind, we prepared a, a devotional guide that you can pick up here at the church, part two of Love This Book. This will also be available online, and uh, each week will include three devotions that encourage you to engage the text we're going to be looking at. So I want to encourage you to do that, either to pick up a copy, a physical copy, or to uh, use the resources online. And uh, if you'd like to do the devotionals before the message, you can actually start that this week. And uh, I'm looking forward to next Sunday. Sunday, we'll, we'll begin to uh, take some time and understand why it's important for us now to spend time in the Old Testament. So those are just two quick updates as we end 2020 and prepare to enter 2021. Now, speaking of closing the year, uh, I, I wonder if over the last few years heard people make statements like this, <laughs> I can't wait for 2020 to be done. Have you heard that? I believe you probably have. Quite likely you, you've said that in some conversation as well. In fact, even this week, several of us on staff here joked, let's just have a staff meeting where we pull all the 2020 wall calendars and have a huge bonfire outside just to say goodbye to this year. Now, we're, we're not going to do that, but it, it does kind of bring to mind the, the reality that we are really looking forward for this year to be over. And uh, my guess is you feel the same way. And now it's understandable that, that we feel this way, that we talk in these terms, but I think we also need to keep this in mind. Even though we're entering a new year, uh, many of the challenges that we're facing right now are just going to continue. Uh, so 2021 is actually going to come with a lot of the uncertainty that's been a part of 2020. Furthermore, as we enter this new year, even though we turn the page on the calendar, um, I think for many of us, we're, we're still carrying some of the, 
the weariness, the frustration, the disappointment, um, the weightiness that's been a part of all that we've had experienced. And, and the truth is, just, just turning the page on the calendar doesn't make all of that immediately go away. So as we close out this year, and we've had to deal with a lot emotionally, the disappointment, the frustration, et cetera, et cetera, as we close out the year, how do, how do, how do we handle these emotions well? How do, how do we process well all that we have gone through so that, that we can enter 2021 in a healthy posture? Throughout this uh, season of Advent, right, we've been in this series entitled God Reveals, and we've seen important scenes where God reveals himself. And, and throughout the series, we have seen that because God has created us in his image, uh, we're intended to be in relationship with him. He's, he's pursuing us. In fact, last week, as we saw God revealing himself through Jesus, uh, we saw the importance of drawing near to him. But how do we do that? How do we do that? How do we draw near to God when we are when we're really frustrated, when we're tired, when we're disappointed? I mean, it's one thing to pray when things are going well. But exactly how do you pray after a year like this? How do you pray when you're going through some of the things that we've gone through. And maybe this has been a year that it just generated more questions for you about God than you've ever had before. Well, fortunately, uh, the Bible gives us direction. The Bible gives us guidance and examples to follow in how to pray in situations like this. We see these in passages of Scripture known as laments. Most prominently, we, we see this, uh, these kinds of guides in the Psalms that are known as Psalms of Lament. The, these are prayers that are prayed in moments of hardship and challenges and uncertainty, prayers that are prayed in the midst of pain. And I think they provide a guide as to how we are to engage God in challenging circumstances. Now, along with this message, you'll, you will find with the sermon notes that we've we've actually prepared a a framework guide of how the laments work. And this is something you can use. I encourage you to print this out just to understand how we can pray intentionally to God in seasons like this. And what I want to do today is just walk you through one of the lament psalms and, and show you how these psalms can guide us in prayer. Now, why is it important that, that we pay attention to these psalms? I think it's important because these psalms show us how to bring two things together that may often be perceived as being mutually exclusive. These psalms show us how to bring together the reality of our pain, the reality of our frustration, the reality of our disappointment with the reality of God's goodness and God's faithfulness. I mean, at times it may seem like these can never be brought together, so you just give up. But these Psalms of Lament show us how we can keep both of these realities in view. So, with that in mind, let's now come to Psalm 13. And what I want to do is, is just highlight for you four elements of this psalm that are typical of the laments. And the, these are four elements that I think can help guide us in prayer during seasons like we've experienced in 2021. 
So as we come to Psalm 13, here's the, here's the first element that I, I want you to notice, and, and that's just the fact that the author prays. He turns to God. Notice the opening words of the song, uh, how long, Lord, how long, O Lord? Now, I realize this may seem obvious, right? Of course we're to pray. Um, we're to pray directly, boldly, and honestly. But I think the truth is, when we face hard situations, um, sometimes people just naturally choose not to pray. Perhaps in, <laughs> in the experiences that have been part of our experience this year, it, it just becomes easier for you to disengage. And the truth is, maybe unintentionally, people end up giving God the silent treatment in the midst of their hardship. But please understand this. Giving God the silent treatment will be a silent killer to your soul. And I think here are two clues that this, this may be happening in our lives, that we're not really taking seriously the importance of turning to God in prayer, uh, particularly in seasons of difficulty. First of all, uh, one sign, one clue that we're not turning to God is I think we can get stuck in anger. You know, um, given what we've gone through, I, I think it, it wouldn't be surprising that for many of us there can be anger that is just below the surface. And, and that anger needs to be channeled somewhere. And unfortunately, I think for many people during this year, often what has happened is in the midst of the frustration and the anger that's just before, below the surface, we've, we've, we're always looking for someone to blame. And maybe this has come out in our conversations or interactions. I mean, haven't, haven't you seen moments over this year where it just feels like people are unusually short with one another? Maybe you found that in your family, in coworkers, fellow students. We, we, we just we don't have margin for people like we used to. And the deal is we've, we're, we're dealing with this frustration and anger, and we're just looking for someone to blame. And if we're not careful, we can get stuck with this anger just kind of right below the surface. So one of the, one of the clues that I think we're, we're not really truly turning to God boldly and honestly in prayer is that there's this anger that is at work, and we can get stuck there. I, I, and I think there's a second place where we can get stuck in, in not turning to God, and, and that's, that's in denial. And here's how that can work. You know what? I know God is good. I know that's what I've been taught in church. That's what I hear week after week. But I'm not sure exactly how God being good goes with this situation that I'm going through. So what I need to do is I need to, I need to minimize the situation. I need to act as if it's not really a big deal. Sometimes maybe you found yourself, somebody's asking you about something you're going through, and you just, you just minimize it. Likewise, maybe you've seen this happen. Maybe you've seen a situation in a small group Bible study or a small group, and we're kind of updating each other on our lives, you know, maybe going into a time of prayer, and someone just mentions something really hard that's weighing heavily on them right now. And in the course of that, someone else interjects and says, yes, but God is good, God is good. And it it almost feels like we truly didn't hear what they were saying. And so I think one of the realities of not turning to God is we may kind of get stuck in this denial. Yes, yes, we affirm God. Maybe we're continuing to pray, but, but because we're not really acknowledging the hurt and the hardship, 
I think over time, our prayers can become mechanical. They become routine because they're not truly reflecting where we are at at that moment. So a key lesson, I mean, it's just so obvious, so basic, but it is fundamental to engaging God in hard situations is we have to turn to him in prayer, boldly and honestly. And we see that really happening um, in the second element of this lament, because not only does the author turn to God in prayer, but also notice what he does. He brings his complaint to God, and he does so very directly. Listen to these words. How long, Lord, will you forget me? Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Wow. Notice, notice the author doesn't hold back. I mean, we, we don't know the details of this situation that he is facing. But he comes to God honestly with a complaint about his situation. Interestingly, almost a third of the Psalms and the book of Psalms are laments. Now, just think about that, right? We think about the psalm as the prayer book, the song book of the Bible, and, and almost a third of those are, in essence, written in a minor key. And when you read those psalms carefully, you will discover a great deal of creative complaining going on. If you read them, you, you're going to find expressions of sorrow, frustration, hurt, disappointment, confusion. And I realize this can be hard for us. I think this, for some of us, is kind of a growth area in prayer. We're not accustomed to praying this way. It may even feel heretical. You're not supposed to talk to God this way, but that's exactly what we see in the Psalms. Yet, keep this in mind. This, this kind of praying, this lament, when you read these complaints, it's not, it's not just about venting, Right? It's the prayer of people who believe in God's sovereignty, yet are having to deal with a world filled with brokenness and tragedy. And in the midst of that reality, what what they're doing is they're, they're bringing their complaints to God honestly. And in addition just to the honesty of, of this complaint, just notice two other things. First, notice the author brings his questions to God. One of the realities of hard situations in our lives is they, they generate questions, sometimes hard questions, and I think we need to bring those to God. Not surprisingly, then, when you read the laments, um, you will often find questions, questions like, how long, God, is this going to happen? How long is this going to take place? Or why? Why are you silent? Why is this happening? Why isn't justice being done? So, as people come to God honestly in the Psalms, they're, they're honest about the hard questions that their situation is generating. And I think, I think we need to do that. Furthermore, and this is something I find really intriguing in this, this Psalm, notice that in complaining to God, the author understands the effects that the situation is having on him, right? He's, he's having to wrestle with his thought, he, thoughts. He realizes, you know, it's not simply that I'm dealing with this hard situation. It's just this, this situation is now affecting me physically and emotionally. So he brings all of that to God. He's got the self-awareness to understand all of, of the impact that this hard situation is having on him. So he brings that to God. 
You know, perhaps for us, it's, it's like, uh, God, you know, with all that's happening this year, here's, here's the challenge that I faced at work. Here's the challenge that my family is facing with our children having a different approach to schooling. Here's how frustrating that is for me. Here's where it's affecting relationships and, and, and really my energy level. Here's how it's affecting uh, how I'm just engaging life, and you, you bring that to God. But once again, notice this isn't simply about venting. It's, it's about bringing our situation and how we are experiencing that to God openly and honestly and boldly. Therefore, as you read these psalms, at some point, you, you normally will see a turn, a turn to trust. You'll see this psalm acknowledge the reality of the hurt and the frustration and all that he's going through. But at some point, you'll usually see the psalmist turn to trust, to praise. And that's exactly what we're going to see in this psalm as well. But, but, but before we do that, I'm going to ask you to do something with me. I'm going to ask you to kind of join me in, in singing a, a very familiar hymn that is an example of this turn to praise. It's the hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Now, most likely you are familiar with the hymn, but you may not be familiar with the origin of the words. Because this familiar hymn is based on words from the Old Testament book of Lamentations. And it's a book of lament, a book most likely written by Jeremiah during a season when when the Babylonian army is invading and conquering Israel, and people are being taken into captivity, and ultimately the, the city is being destroyed, and it is a lament for all that is going on. Yet in the midst of that lament, the author makes this turn. He chooses to praise. And he chooses to say, great is your faithfulness. And that's a turn we need to make as well. So with that in mind, would you now join with me in singing, great is your faithfulness. Thank you for joining me in doing that. And that, that, that hymn is an example of, of the third element that we see in these songs And that's choosing to trust, choosing to praise. Uh, Even as we see that statement in Lamentations, we also see that turn to trust here in Psalm 13. And so jump to verses 5 and 6 of of this psalm. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. Interestingly, in in the Psalms of Lament, this turn to praise, this turn to trust is often indicated by the words, but, yet, or however. It's as though the author, he's fully honest about the situation, but then he says, yet, but, however, I will come back to the goodness of God. I will come back to the reality of who God is and what he is doing. Now, you might say, okay, I understand that, but how exactly can you actually do that, particularly in the midst of of hardship and stress, when God's goodness doesn't necessarily seem evident? Well, how does this author do this? I think we need to understand he chooses to remember, right? He talks about God's unfailing love. That's a term we actually saw several weeks ago when we looked at God revealing himself in Exodus 34, right? It's, it's a term that communicates God's loyal love. It's a term 
often used in, in relationship of God's covenant with his people. That is, it's God's love that motivates him into in, entering into relationships with people and making promises to them. And it's that love that then motivates him to keep the promises that he has made. So in the midst of this hardship, um, the author doesn't allow to be the hardship to be the only thing that he thinks about. He comes back to the character, to the work of God, the faithfulness of God. And I think we need to do that as well. Even as we're kind of bringing this year to a close, we've got to wrestle with, yeah, here's, here's, here's how I've gotten stuck, or here's how I've been challenged. Here are the frustrations, the disappointments of the year. Yet in the midst of that, I need to come back, remind myself of God's faithfulness, God's grace evident through the work of Jesus Christ. And I need to remind myself that nothing can thwart that plan from being completed. I mean, just think about the Christmas story, right? I mean, it starts with the act of an author, 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 I can't say the word, authoritarian emperor who orders a census. And he orders the census partly to reinforce and continue an unfair tax system. Then there's this young couple dealing with an unexpected pregnancy and wondering how they're going to deal with the, with the social pressures and stigma that come with that. Then there's this narcissistic puppet king, King Herod, who is determined to make sure this baby never grows up. And yet in the midst of all of this chaos and craziness, God is fulfilling his promises. And so as I bring kind of my frustrations, the disappointment to God, I also need to remind myself and acknowledge just the love, the grace, the power, the wonder that is at work through the work of Jesus Christ and acknowledge that that is going ongoing and it will not be thwarted. I need to remember what God is doing. And likewise, maybe this is more concretely, I need to remember specific ways God has been faithful in my life. I think that's part of this process of choosing to trust. To look back at specific moments and situations where I can clearly see his faithfulness. I've got to be honest with you, I found myself having to do that this week. I found myself facing a situation where I've been really disappointed and, and hurt by someone else. And even as I was preparing this message, realizing, you know what, I've got to go through this process as well this week. This message is for me this week. And so part of what I found helpful in kind of bringing the frustration, but also choosing to trust was remembering specific moments of God's faithfulness in my life, and particularly specific moments where God's grace has been at work through the influence of other people. So that my mind wasn't simply focused on the disappointment of this one relationship, so that I wasn't simply allowing that to consume all of my thinking, but I was also choosing to trust and remember ways that God had been faithful to me through the lives, the actions of other people, and with the recognition that that will continue as well. So we need to choose to trust. We need to challenge our thinking so that the hardness of this situation doesn't become all-consuming. We have to remember who God is and the reality that his work will not be thwarted. And that then really leads to the last element of, of the lament psalms. We need to 
ask boldly. Go back up to verses 3 and 4, which I think are grounded in the trust of verses 5 and 6. Notice the the author asks boldly to God, Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. So as the author turns, as he expressed his trust in God, he also asked boldly for God to be at work. As you read the Lament Psalms, here are common requests that you will read as people come to God, kind of boldly asking him for be, to be at work. You will, you will read people saying, grant us help. God, remember your promises. God, let justice be done in this situation. God, don't be silent. God, forgive us. God, please be at work in us, even in the midst of this situation. So, here's the process of lament. As we encounter hard situations, the realities of of a broken world, we, we come to God in prayer honestly. We tell him how it is, what it's like, and what it's meant for us, but we don't stop there. We choose to trust. We choose to remember. And from that posture of trusting, we bring our request to him. Now, please understand, this isn't a once-and-done situation. It's not that you know we pray this type of prayer one time and everything changes. Rather, this is a, a rhythm of prayer. And I think it's a rhythm of prayer that over time just opens our lives up to God's grace in new and different ways. So with that in mind, uh, let me give you something concrete to do as we wrap up the year. Perhaps, again, you'd want to print out this guide that really walks you intentionally through the structure of the laments and and use this in your prayers. But here's 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 what I want to ask you to do. As we enter the year, just take some time. Just take some time to reflect on the year. And as you do that, to come to God in prayer and be honest. Just be honest about how hard it's been, what's been the most frustrating and disappointing part. But as you do that, also take time to remember. Don't don't let the realities of the hardness of this year completely crowd out the faithfulness of God. The faithfulness of God through his work in Jesus Christ and the ways God has been faithful at different points in your life. So choose time to remember. And then with that in mind, ask boldly. I mean, think about this. As as we enter a new year, how, how would you like God to be at work in your life? How would you like him to empower, to empower you right now in the midst of all that's happening? You may not have thought in those terms, but I encourage you to to come as we wrap up the year. Just be honest about the year, to engage him in prayer. But as you do so, to remember his faithfulness, remind yourself, speak to yourself, speak to your soul about his faithfulness in ways you have seen that. And then with that in mind, as we wrap up this year and enter a new year, to pray boldly and specifically about how God might be at, at work in your life in 2021. Would you do that? I encourage you. 
engage him in prayer and ask boldly for him to be at work as we enter this new year. Let's pray together. So, Father, we are coming to the close of this year, a close of a year that none of us expected one year ago. And and frankly, Father, a year that has perhaps included more hardships, disappointments, and frustrations than maybe even any year in recent memory. And, Father, with that, it's... For some of us, it's just really become easy to disengage. And Father, would we understand that in dealing with you, the silent treatment can be deadly to our soul. So I pray, particularly as we close this year and we want to enter the new year well, that we would we would be attuned to the rhythm of the laments, these, these songs of prayer that invite us. Yes, you come to God, be bold, and, and be honest about your frustrations, your disappointment. But but prayers that invite us also to remember your faithfulness globally and personally, so that from that posture of trust, we, we bring our request to you. And Father, I, I pray that we would be willing to do that, even as we wrap up this year, so that we can truly enter 2021 well. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.